Welcome to another episode of the SD4L show. I'm Justin Thin. I'm here joined by my co-host Matt Sheehan once again. Matt, how you doing today? Holly, jolly, had a great Christmas. How, how's your holiday season going over there, Justin? Good, man. Okay? Yeah. And in 2023? Yeah, just That's battling right. the sniffles here as mm. as we get into these cold months. And by cold, I mean 48 degrees. Um, that's chilly. So, that's, that's, yeah. that's chilly. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's not get ourselves here. No, hey, if we're bringing over Hawaiian recruits, I mean, yeah. just make them feel at home. You know, right? global warming, I get that it's like a not great thing. But if it's going to make it feel like this in December for our West Coast friends, our Southern State friends yeah okay okay fine i might just go idle my car in the driveway for a minute it's gonna <laughs> continue to be like this but uh yeah that, that could be a different conversation though we're, we're here to yeah. talk about some real hard-hitting stuff like michigan state sports right yeah we don't need to get on the epa's hit list uh, and get canceled on this episode <laughs> might be too late but that's okay whatever we'll, we'll move it along we'll yeah move along. i mean the priorities if you have to think about the future of the earth or brandon to not having to wear his heaviest jacket when he comes up here well who's to say which is correct Thank you. You think I want yeah. Rustin Young to pack like a massive parka for right. his cross country flight? Right. No, yeah. the suitcase should be used for different things. So yeah, right. No, we don't. We don't. Need, we don't need Aiden Childs to spend his nil money on a Canada goose. More important, no, absolutely that he can be not. redirecting no, the funds. Heavens, too. no. Thank you. Okay, you got it. <laughs> I'm glad we're aligned here. That's good. Yeah. That's good. But Matt, it's been a, a good, good few weeks here for the Jonathan Smith era at Michigan yeah. State. It's um, been a lot of smooth sailing. I think. In terms of the portal, um, but I haven't really talked about that extensively on this show yet, just because signing day was kind of the first priority, and Aiden Childs was the main guy that, that we talked about. And other than that, we were kind of waiting to see more guys join the fold, and that that they have. Um, so there's a lot of guys we can discuss there. We can talk about guys that were leaving into the portal that have now come back. That is one of the biggest points of victory for Smith and his staff so far. Yep. And um, just other stuff like how they want to spin it forward and, and what the next steps are. So out of those topics, Matt, what do you think was the most refreshing or I guess the most positive development for you? Was it getting the people back or is it the people they've gotten from the portal? No, you nailed it. Look, hey, getting Aiden Childs, Jack Velling, that's fun. Okay, like that, that was a great time. And we celebrated that. It's been just a hoot and a half, if you will, Justin. But man, this portal window opening was a little different than the ones we've seen in the past under Mel Tucker because Mel Tucker, like this is what he had to do, right. he had to ship a lot of kids to the portal because, well, it was time to make this roster a Big Ten competitive roster, which is not what it was when he took over. It's not right. nice to say. I mean, look, every kid deserves a chance to play in college, but uh, that was not up to Big Ten snuff. So that portal activity was more so getting kids out of the program that didn't really belong in the Big Ten, quite frankly. Now this right. time around, yeah, a little different. A lot of the kids that were leaving were going to go explore other Power 5 opportunities. Guys right. that you didn't want to see leave, just right. to put it as bluntly as that. And, oh, man, when that window starts, I, I was a little nervous on my end. I, I figured that, okay, some would come back, but the amount that has come back and also right. the talent that has come back as well, namely the two guys that just did it yesterday, Gino yeah. Vandemark, Derek Harmon. I mean, we could also throw Jerron Glover in that mix as well. I, like that is worth celebrating here. Like th th these aren't guys that are just coming back because no one else is calling their phone. And oh, Michigan right. State was the only option after all. Oh, quite the contrary, Justin. I'm sure you'll add some more context to that. But yeah, th that is some massive, massive. We'll call right. it recommitting for uh, Jonathan Smith and his staff early on. No doubt, very well said. I think the the biggest surprise so far out of the people that have returned 
Um, actually, I'd say the two biggest surprises would be the guys from yesterday. Now with Harmon, it's important to contextualize that it was an open secret that he was going to be back for the last week or so. But okay. prior to that, if you spin it back to when he was on his Oregon official visit or when he was on his Ohio State official visit or the Auburn visit, at that point, the number that I heard that Oregon was paying him, I was thinking there's no way Michigan State's competing with this. And that's before Walter Nolan chose Ole Miss over Oregon and they got more desperate. So the gotcha. fact that Smith and the MSU donors and the ecosystem here not only beat Oregon once, but beat him twice, I think that was very, very impressive. Um, but yeah, he told the staff on Friday of last week that he was coming back. And then the last five or six days or so, I don't know what the holdup was, but it took his time, probably got that video made. So that was all good and taken care of in that regard. But so that's kind of when that became official. With the Gino Vandermark side of things, I was told that he was a lock to go to Oklahoma, that Oklahoma okay. staff considered him a commit. Michigan State thought that, all right, that's a done deal. He's going to Oklahoma. And then I stopped checking on that, I'd say about a week or so ago, probably around that Friday as well when the Harmon stuff is when I was digging into. And then at that point, it was a done deal that he was going to Oklahoma. And um, little do we know, here he is back at Michigan State. And um, that was that was a very interesting few days. I don't necessarily know how that played out. I don't know if Michigan State went back to Geno and suddenly made like more of a, I guess, focal point of resource allocation towards him or how that would have gone out. But frankly, that was an out, all out surprise. And um, mm-hmm. that doesn't happen that often. Usually you hear a whisper here or there, but no, that was, that was a huge, huge 180 there. And um, he's an interior offensive lineman. That's going to start for Michigan state. Most likely this upcoming season, if he didn't return, Michigan state absolutely would have needed to pick up another one. Um, you could have probably penciled in Chris Phillips, who also returned earlier in this offseason into one of the interior offensive line spots, but you didn't want to have him being the best returning guy, the most mm-hmm. returning guy. And um, now that's not the case. So that was a big win for Michigan State. And yeah, Derek Harmon, absolutely huge. Now you have Harmon and Barrow there in the interior defensive line. Um, yep. See how Alex Finstruman uh, rehabs from his ACL injury, but there's a third guy there. Jarrett Jackson, I guess we'll see if he gets a medical additional year or not, but he'd be good depth to have. Maverick Hansen, I believe, can come back for one more year. I don't think he's officially yep. announced that he's coming back, if I'm not mistaken, but I think it's expected he will. When I looked late last night, I couldn't find anything on it. So I guess it's one of those, if there's no news, it's probably just assumed that he will be back. Right. That's how I read the situation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you're looking at about five DTs right there, and I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody that would be like a six DT there. We'll see which way they have Ken Talley go, depending on weight. Right. He's, he's been a, he's been a tweener there, but yeah. So that's all good and fine now with the defensive tackle rotation. Maybe you take one more guy there as as a depth piece if Jackson doesn't come back or, or something of that nature. But now talking about some of the guys that did enter or sorry that did commit as new additions from the transfer portal. Obviously, mm-hmm. we talked a lot about Valley. We've talked a lot about Childs. Um, yep. Michigan State got a commitment on signing day in the morning. That was kind of a surprise as well because Michigan right. State was the, the rumored leader there, but it was it was reported to us that he was going to take additional visits. And that's Quindarius Dunnigan, who is the Middle Tennessee defensive end. He's a guy that had 10 pass breakups this past season. Not a ton of sacks, but a lot of run-stopping sort of um, kind of responsibilities for him. He was all Conference USA second team this past season. So he's a guy that you can pencil in, at least in the playing group, if not the starting defensive end spot on one of the sides. 
How do you kind of rate his pickup, Matt? I think that's a pretty good pickup. Strong for sure. I mean, especially, you know, with the new defensive system coming in under Joe Rossi as well, you get one of those guys that could fit perfectly in that scheme. So as you're waiting to hear about, okay, what's Zion Young going to do, Jacoby Winman going to right. do, I mean, you get someone in that front that's, yeah, already going to be a solid player, if, if not for nothing else, just depth as well, which right. you can't get enough of clearly in football. Yeah, my, my biggest like kind of takeaway here, and we'll talk about TJ Sheffield, the Purdue receiver, in a second too, but yeah. all these guys that Michigan State have gotten, um, they are, like at least in the first three weeks, we'll see what they get in the in the remaining few weeks of this window and then the spring window, but everyone they've gotten and used a valuable scholarship on so far is someone that is going to be firmly in the two deep, if not starters across the yeah. board. Um, even the long snapper from James Madison, Caden um, Schickle, I believe. Schickle. Yep. I think his name. Yeah. yeah. So like he's going to be the starting long slapper. He's someone that Jonathan Kim right away was kind of pushing for behind yeah. the scenes as someone that Michigan state should target. So all six scholarship spots they've used in the portal, they've all been high value ads and I'm not against taking flyers in the portal. I think you definitely are probably going to find better success rate, taking a flyer from the portal more so than maybe a random recruit that's underrated rated in the 1200s nationally. And I think they should take some of those, but later on, maybe in the next couple of weeks here, or maybe kind of in the spring when more guys have departed. But right now they've prioritized only taking high impact guys. And that was kind of one of those things where the Mel Tucker staff, we can say what we want about the hit rate. And it wasn't great, especially in the Mm -hmm. DB room. But the biggest issue that I kind of saw more so than the hit rate was they would be taking flyers on day one, as well as starters on day one. And then let's say on the third week of the portal being open, there'd be a guy at the same position that you've already taken a flyer at that is would be now one of the best available kind of guys that you'd instead gotcha. have wanted instead of the flyer that they now no longer had room for. So that's something that these guys have done a great job of chronologically approaching the portal that way. And I'm not going to say don't take flyers. I think they absolutely should take some in the coming weeks, but coming weeks is when you should take them. Of course, kind of going along with that, like guys that enter the portal late and oh my God, like this is a guy that a lot of programs should want. There are two names that I just want to ask you about. One, mm. we're going to go down, take a nice little trip to Toledo, Justin. Mm. There's Penny Boone, Mac Offensive Player of the Year. This guy had 1,600 all-purpose yards last year, 1,400 of those rushing, 15 touchdowns. Uh, old Maryland player, four-star from Detroit, if you want to go back to his high school recruiting days. He's in the transfer portal as well. So this is another thing where mm-hmm. okay, most of the transfer portal window has passed, and oh my goodness, with a week to go, here's a guy that not only has entered the portal, but also told Alan True Chains of mm-hmm. 24-7 Sports that he would, quote, like to hear from either that school down the road or Michigan State. Now, I understand that there's seven scholarship running backs already in the room mm-hmm. right now. We can elaborate on this in a little bit. But the other name, too, we're going to go down to Troy, Jabri Barber, wide receiver, mm. five foot ten receiver, just one yard shy of 1,000 receiving yards this year, 75 catches, lightning rod of a Mm -hmm. player as well. But Kansas State, Mississippi State, and Michigan State right now are reported to be getting visits from him. Either of those two guys you just want to hit the ground running with talking because those would be two very, very, very welcome additions to this roster. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, with Penny, Baby Bus uh, Boone, as his name is. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) um, He's a guy that you really would like to have added if you had – just like even remotely any room in the running back room, but I don't yeah. think it's going to end up playing out that way. Um, don't think Michigan is going to reach out as, as well, but it's early. Okay. I guess we'll see. Um, but right now it sounds like Louisville and Kentucky are the two schools that have kind of pushed the hardest for them. 
Gotcha. Um, I personally think that Michigan State probably could have done something where they take him and you have eight scholarship running backs right now, but then in the spring, you got to hope that at least two guys, if not three guys, leave. Right. Um, and obviously, you, you wouldn't want Carter to be one of them, but that's tricky. That You're starting to dish out a lot of disappointment in that room then suddenly all at once, so it's hard to finagle that. And I, I think he's going to be a great running back, but I don't think he's going to be like absolutely generational or anything like that at when he levels up. Um, he was a good running back at Maryland. I thought Michigan State mm-hmm. should have taken him back then, but there were weight concerns. The previous staff was kind of uncomfortable with that. Even back when the D'Antonio staff was recruiting, there were weight concerns that they were uncomfortable with. So, um, And then he went to Toledo, and he ran behind the probably the best offensive line in the conference. Um, he was playing against Mac defender, defenders. So I don't think he's going to be all conference at the next level that he goes to, but I think he probably would have been a top two running back for Michigan State. So that's why you can kind of see both sides of, hey, take them, and if three other guys leave that are not top two, then so be it. But I can see them also not wanting to to do that, to do such a drastic sort of reshuffling of the room. Um, so now with Jabray Barber, he's a guy that I think Michigan State like needed to target from the beginning in terms of the portal opening, but there weren't guys like that. Like I was carefully okay. watching how many receivers are ending the portal that are kind of that Silas Bold and Anthony Gould mold, and there really weren't that many. So I was just kind of wondering, like, is the portal just down on receiver talent this year? Or are those guys entering later? And here we kind of see those guys entering later. Um, there's also a kid from Miami of Ohio, Gage, I think Lara Vidian, something along those lines. He's nice another receiver that, yeah, that nice. uh, he's another receiver of that mold that was highly productive. I think he'd probably be the backup plan to a Jabray Barber. I think they've reached out, but they haven't offered. So, like, those are the receivers that I was hoping that would enter early on, and Michigan State will land early on, but they, those guys weren't there in the portal earlier. And now that they are, we're seeing the staff mm-hmm. trying to go ahead and get their next Silas Boldens of the world. So we'll see, like, what order he takes the visits. He said he'd let me know when he when he locks it in. But Michigan State would be very, very wise to go ahead and take him, and it seems like they would love to do so. Because TJ Sheffield, who, who we didn't talk about earlier, he's a guy right. that – Hudson Card was an okay quarterback. I wasn't impressed with Graham Harrell's scheme there their first year at Purdue. Offensive line wasn't very good. Didn't have a great running game to help him out. There's no Xander Horvats of the world there anymore. So Mm -hmm. they were not really benefiting from having him kind of in that offense the way that Michigan State might, where you have a Montori Foster like spacing the field out this way, and you might have a Jerron Glover on the outside receiver spot on this side who's also stretching the field, downfield vertical, um, contested catchmaker. And then you have a TJ Sheffield in the middle. And he has juice. Like, I think we talked about him um, on Lockdown Spartans the last time we talked. And yep. when you simply watch his highlights, you see a guy that has more juice and talent in a vacuum than anyone on Michigan State's current roster does. Now, we'll see how that parlays to actual tangible production because he's not a high-volume receiver, there's right. got to be something there where you're saying, all right, this guy looks like he has all this juice, but he doesn't have 70-catch seasons. He has like 40-catch mm-hmm. seasons. So I'm not expecting him to carry the burden of the offense, but I can tell you, if I watch him and I watch Trey Mosley at their absolute peaks, like their highlight tapes, their peaks, not their baseline level, but there's so much more talent in TJ Sheffield than in Trey Mosley. And we'll see how that translates. So I think that was a great pickup. He's going to be firmly in that top two of the receiver room. Definitely a way better pickup than Elante Brown was last year at this time. And I will see what they can do for the other portal receiver spot here going forward. 
Yeah, and you also lose Tyra Henry as well, who Tyra right. Henry, by the way, friend of this program, he had it on the show, great kid. I hope he does well yeah. in Wisconsin. Like, I don't mean to talk down on him, but younger receiver. You add a guy, TJ Sheffield, who this might as well be his ninth year in college coming right. in. He can offer what Tyrell Henry did with, you know, not just what he can do in the return game. Sheffield dab a little bit in that, but also right. the drag routes, the underneath routes, which is what Tyrell Henry yeah. did. Should have been utilized a little more, in my opinion, but that's a mm-hmm. different discussion. But you also add in some more refined routes that TJ Sheffield does come in with, some double moves, some uh, moves that can put you down the field a little more than, you know, the young guys like Tyrell Henry could, for example. So that's how I look at it. It's like, all right, you lose Tyrell, unfortunately, but picking up TJ Sheffield, it's kind of a, an upgrade. I mean, I, I, right. I got to say, like, that's how I'm looking at it. So as we sit here, talk about receivers here, it's week one. Against FAU, mm-hmm. they just went three. The, the Owls just went three and out. Michigan State, it's their turn to take the field. They break the huddle. Eleven personnel. Which three receivers are starting right now? Is it Sheffield in that mix because Jerron yeah. Glover came back? Right. And I know that numbers wise, not a great year for him because you missed a lot of games with injury, right. of course. But there's a lot of smoke around Jerron Glover as well of being like right. a really strong receiver. So who do you see it? As of course, my Tory Foster returned as well. Like, right, right, right. That, but yeah, yeah. I, I would have right now, not counting anyone that could add from the portal. I would definitely say mm-hmm. Montori on the outside, Sheffield in the slot, and then Glover on the outside on the other side. So, yeah. um, those are the three that I would look at. And then Marsh and Antonio Gates battling for that fourth receiver spot. And ideally, they would rotate a little more than the previous staff did. And I mean, right. at, at the end of the day, I don't blame Hawk for not rotating at least his first three years on campus because, sure, like. The, the drop off between like Jaden Reed, Jalen Naylor, um, like those guys w- was big between like the second rotation guys and, and like Keon Coleman, Jaden Reed, like the, the yeah. year before that, uh, year after that. So, I, I, yeah, but now I think I would like to see maybe Marsh and Antonio Gates play a little more. And they did rotate a bit last year. Like Christian Fitzpatrick would make a spot duty appearance, even though he wasn't one of the main starters. So, but yeah, right. those would be the three names that I would say. Um, but I would guess that they'd probably hope to get someone else um, in that role where that maybe Jerron Glover is who I slotted in as like maybe the second best outside receiver. And maybe he's just bumped out on the fringes, but rotates in. So I, I think that's kind of where they're looking at is hopefully Sheffield and another ent- uh, another addition would be the two starters alongside Montori. But we'll see. We'll see what they get. Fair enough. Do you mind if I go back to like the start of the episode where we started talking yes. about getting players back? Because we just keep on saying Jerron Glover. And I I would be remiss if I don't ask you what you did know about this because, I, of course, Jerron Glover enters the transfer portal. Right. Takes an official visit, I'm pretty sure. Right. That little program down in Athens, Georgia, that goes by the Bulldogs, you know, the national like perennial powerhouse. And some state fans, if not most state fans, are looking at him take this official visit to Georgia being like, what? What? Why? Like, what? But I also do remember this, Justin. I do remember talking with Christian Phillips last year in the offseason. We asked him, hey, who's lighting it up in practice so far? Who's turning heads? Who's making the plays? Before we could even finish our question, it felt like, Big Dooley said, oh, Jerron. Jerron Glover for sure. Like, it was an instant answer that he is balling out in practice. Like we've said, like we've already seen, didn't play a lot last season. But, hey, like, is this actually like a – I guess not a diamond in the rough because how rough can you be if you're visiting places like Georgia, but is like the secret right. out on John Glover. Is this a guy that you can a be high about and then B right. B, go anywhere else other than Georgia, or do you have anything else to add about that visit as well? Yeah. Very interesting uh, development there because I yeah. like you was also very surprised at, at that. Um, and I had been like as high on 
on drawing clever as pretty much anybody actually my colleague Corey robinson he was even higher on him i should say as a high school recruit so shout out to him but i thought like yeah this guy he he might not have elite burner speed but he can run routes in a refined fashion and he can make contested catches you do those two things you're pretty good as a receiver and um he showed that then when he saw the field i know he only had 15 catches this past season but a lot of them were high difficulty and um, there weren't also a lot of targets to go around with how kind of rough the passing game was. So yeah, yeah, personally, I thought he was underrated. I thought that if he were to enter the portal, he might go to like a Louisville of the world and maybe become their, their ex receiver here as a true junior, maybe, or sorry, as a redshirt sophomore. And like, that would kind of be his, his destiny, but seeing the Georgia OV, which yeah, definitely wasn't OV because um, a, it was a multi-day visit and B, you, now you can only do photo shoots on official visits so that was kind of double confirmed that way, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I it's I find it I find it hard to believe that Georgia was kind of like this has to be the one and only wide receiver that we host, other than that high priority Vanderbilt right. uh, receiver that they were going after. But hey, I mean, if uh, if Georgia Georgia thinks he's that good, uh, who am I to disagree? I, I we both think he's very good. So yeah, um, sure. it's it's just puzzling because. I guess the reason I should I pull back the curtain a little more is there was like a um, a G5 school that was looking into Jerron Glover, we found out, and they decided not to pursue. And then two days later, we find out that he's taking the Georgia official visit. So that's why it's kind of like uh, I, I, I'm speaking in like kind of this halfway incredulous tone. It's not because I'm thinking, oh, Georgia's wrong in their email about Jerron Glover. We're like no. downplaying him in any way. <laughs> right. It's just that's in my head while I'm talking. So I'm kind of like, all right, here's a G5 program that like wasn't all in and didn't end up offering. And then two days later, he shows up in Athens. And um, I don't know, but good good to hear wow. that he's back at Michigan State. <laughs> oh, can- canceled my Temple visit, and uh, I'll <laughs> go see what's going on in Athens. We'll see if they want to bring me. I-, I just pulled Temple out of my rear. I have no yeah. idea if it is or is not Temple. But like that, when you add that in, okay, I feel yeah. like we are all vindicated for being a little surprised <laughs> that that visit took place. Again. That's not to say that, you know, we think that Jerron is a bum or anything. I know we right, right. Me and youth feel very highly about Jerron. It's just there's so much limited tape out there, and it's not like he was this five-star blue chip recruit out of high school right. who's very well known. Like, that's just what he made exactly. all random. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was a kid that was ranked outside of the top 500, and yeah. then he redshirted as a freshman, and then he had 15 catches as a redshirt freshman, and then suddenly Georgia's in the mix. So that is all not really how that usually goes. Um, and then you add in the G5 element. So, yeah, definitely can see why all of us are su- surprised there while still being high on, on Jerron for sure. Um, speaking of the receivers, Matt, the yes. guy that is going to be throwing the ball to these receivers. Oh, yeah. He hasn't talked to anyone else, right? Like, this is this is all cool. It's all, all <laughs> the 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 Lincoln-Riley desperation to redirect the trajectory of his program mission is continuing full steam ahead. Yep. He, I found out on Wednesday before I reported it, um, which I don't remember when I reported it now, but you can go on the Shaw Lane VIP board, see the day that I reported it, and then find the previous Wednesday before that. Then I, I heard on that day that USC had been going after Aiden Child's heart. Um, actually, it was, it was signing day at night when I heard about this. That okay. was that Wednesday. So Aiden Child's at that point was hearing from USC. I kind of poked around. I was told that, yes, it's a real thing. It's not like bad intel you're getting, but like I wouldn't put a lot of stock into it. Aiden Childs is more comfortable with Jonathan Smith than any other coach in the country, obviously. 
And if he wanted the USC job, he would have known that, hey, I shouldn't commit to MSU right now. Let me visit USC because it was an open secret that Malachi Nelson was looking very bad in practice in Los Angeles. So he always knew that that job could have opened up even before Nelson entered the portal, even though we on the outside didn't really know that until Nelson entered the portal. But yet he didn't wait. He took the first visit he could to Michigan State, committed after the visit. So there was not really a lot of concern that way. But at that point, I didn't say anything just because I was told, hey, there's not really anything to worry about here. It's a non-story. Two more days go by, and I think it's Friday now at this point. That's when the On3 USC site writes an article about how USC is pursuing Aiden Childs very hard. And at that point, what I had considered a non-story, I can no longer consider a non-story when there's literally a story being written about it. So my actual feel on the situation didn't change, but that's when I had to go and address it and mention how USC is going after him hard. Two hours later, I was told, no, like USC had not only made one attempt, but they had made two attempts. And he had kind of turned both of those away. He's locked in. Right like 10 minutes after I found that out, Aiden Childs had tweeted the go green. And um, that's kind of where everything, the panic that people were feeling kind of went away. So just uh, not really, not really any development there necessarily, but it was a real thing that was happening and uh, definitely worth talking about. But yeah, Lincoln Riley, I mean, he might have something in Miller Moss there. Uh, He might not have a defense still, but looks like $80,000 will not be going to Los Angeles. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I was going to say, so like for the warriors of the world like myself, it's been roughly a week since this has all passed, the initial story. Right. Is there any reason to worry at all? Obviously, nothing is official until he comes to campus right. on January 4th is the date and then right. goes to class on January 8th. But is there any reason to worry or are you pretty locked tight with this right now? No, I, I think it's pretty pretty safe. I know nothing okay. is a lock in the portal era, but it's probably as much of a lock as it could be. Uh, with that obvious caveat, because like not only just uh, Aiden himself and how he prioritizes Jonathan Smith's familiarity and his quarterback development track record, but like you can even tell like his his parents, um, his dad, Adrian, his mom, Nikki, um, I know they've done some interviews with others in the MSU media space. They've done some nice interviews and like you can tell where their priorities are, where their head is at. Um, they are approaching the situation in a calculated way of what is best for our son's long term future not mm-hmm. just maybe who can pay the most amount of money this upcoming next 12 months. They're doing this the way that NIL was supposed to be made, like the way that it's absolutely the best way to ma- to kind of maximize it, where relationships come first, prioritizing your long-term development comes first, the coaching staff you're entrusting comes first. And then, hey, if you get some good NIL money along with it, absolutely you should, as the value that you're bringing to the university um, and the athletic department should warrant. So I think it's it's just been a very refreshing way yeah. that this recruitment was handled because like a lot of times, you know, like when the reports start coming out early that, oh, Aiden Childs is most likely going to follow Michigan State, 90% of me was like, all right, I think this is definitely true based on everything what I heard. But now watch Adrian go, or sorry, Aiden go ahead and say, oh, don't believe the crystal balls. I'm wide of open. Course. 
Of he never course. did that. He never tried right. to create any drama. He never tried to create any false suspense, just so more people would be sitting on pins and needles. So I personally, this was one of my favorite recruitments to cover in, in a while in terms of the high stakes, like highly rated kids. And I think um, Michigan State fans are, are getting a kid here that you would want to be leading your program for sure. I think that's why he's already my new favorite player. Last year was Jonathan Kim, and I still love Jonathan Kim. It was just a delight <laughs> scene. Right. That ball rocket off his foot. But I just after after last fall, Justin, that was pretty dramatic. I didn't need any more weeks of drama that us state <laughs> fans already had to endure. So yes, for him just to take that and not even create a single iota of drama. I mean, he's also an electric player. Let's not kid ourselves here. But oh, that's just that 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 was that was a refreshing <laughs> sight for for these Michigan State fan eyes over here. And I'm sure I speak for a lot of state fans when I say that. But just how low yeah. drama it was. Oh, that was great. Loved it. Loved every single minute of it. But of course, Lincoln Riley trying to stir the pot here and um, yeah, making friends in the Big Ten already. But hey, the the game is the game. I'm not actually yeah. mad at Lincoln Riley. It's nasty yeah. out here, folks. It's dirty. So he's he's doing yeah. what he's got to do. Yep. Yeah, I I think more so when I talk about Lincoln Riley, it's less about like um, disdain. It's more about just shocking kind of lack of a plan. Like his whole thing. <laughs> sure. this, his yeah. whole thing this off season has been. Um, West Coast guys on offense, Midwest guys on defense, and then he's not right. necessarily targeting the correct Midwest guys on defense. Okay. Um, his his thing at defensive coordinator was like I was a big fan of Danton Lynn. Um, yes, I, I've right. been watching him since he was at Penn State. But at the same time, there's a difference between him being a good choice for Michigan State versus him being a good choice for one of the highest paid head coaches in the country who's desperate and could probably get anybody. And instead, he gets a guy who's in a second year of calling a defense and just throws $2 million at him and a huge housing stipend. And then just, just targeting guys left and right that I don't think can start for him in the first two years on defense. And then now, after knowing how bad Malachi Nelson was, him incorrectly evaluating Miller Moss, which was kind of outlined by how, he, how hard he went after Will Howard, then yeah. pumping the brakes on Will Howard to try to go get Aiden Childs two weeks after he committed to Michigan State. There's just no coherent plan or forward thinking from him. It's kind of just him like scrolling Twitter and being like, oh, Dan Lynn would be cool because other guys are talking about him, even though he has a two-year track yeah. record. Uh-huh. Um, Aiden Charles, he, I mean, he's he's good. Let's let's go after him, even though he entered the portal three weeks ago. Like, I don't right. know. I just not to talk about Lincoln Riley at end, but I'm just not impressed by him at oh, all in fun. his process. Yeah, it's almost as if, just like you said, okay, who's trending? Who's hot? Let's right. throw some money at them. And oh, also speaking of that, who can say no to palm trees and a lot of money? Right. Oh, wait. Oh, it turns out that people can say no to this? Oh, shoot. Yeah. Oh, crap. I guess. Oh, God. Will Howard, do yeah. I still have your number? Do you, do you still want to come here, my man? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially no, when that money's not coming in. Especially when that money's not coming in at all, in all instances. But. Also, the other thing, like the last thing on USC, one of the most refreshing kind of signing day flips in a long time was Ryan Pelham flipping from USC to Oregon. Because oh, sure. <laughs> usually, you know, like when there's when there's like a sign that like somebody's going to flip, like it comes out like the day before signing there, two days before. Not the moment the kid's going to have a ceremony, which is how this kind of played out, yeah. where um, yeah. USC's 24-7 sports writer, I believe, showed up at Ryan Pelham's gym in Long Beach, California, and all the other kids that were signing that day, like track, baseball, like all the other kids from that high school that were signing, they had their name. And right next to it, they had the logo of their college they were going to. The USC writer takes a picture of uh, Ryan Palm's like, 
card and it says the only person in the whole gym that doesn't have a logo of their college next to him tweets it out it's over yeah usc fans (laughs) were like wait is he someone that could flip like like this is the first time they heard about it oh wow the kid gets up for it's his time to speak at the podium no drama just goes up there and goes just want to let everyone know that I'll be going to Oregon and I'm going to sign this paper right here. <laughs> Flips the paper over, signs it, just walks away, thanks his parents and whatnot, and, and that's it. Wow. And just wow. like that, like USC had their hearts ripped out. And in 2023, how do you have a signing day surprise that's truly a surprise? No, that's crazy. But Lincoln Riley found a way. Man, man, that that story would be a lot more fun if Oregon wasn't joining the Big Ten. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fun. And then you remember, oh, wait a minute. We're hitting the road to Autzen next year. Yeah. It's, but yeah. that's life. Well, Such is life. It could be worse. Uncle Phil and Nike Inc. are hard to beat. But um, yes. the, speaking of kind of spinning it forward here, kind of the last topic that I had had to discuss here was kind of the way that Michigan State scholarship chart was kind of shaping up. Yeah. So right now I have Michigan State at three open spots. And that comes along with the fact that I'm not removing guys that are seniors or expected to graduate until the day that they say that they're leaving. So someone like a Chester Kimbrough most likely is done, but I'm not replace. I'm not removing him until he says so. Just that, just so that's a consistent system. Um, and in that regard, though, so leaving those guys on, Michigan State's at 83 guys right now, including all their portal and high school commits, the guys that have come back, and the guys that were always going to return. Um, so they have three more spots to get guys from the portal and I guess February signing day, but I haven't heard any specific names of new guys are adding. So with that, I would expect that Michigan State adds more than three guys at the very least. And in the spring, I would expect more attrition. Um, college football obviously is not a is not a it's not the exact same thing as pro sports where you just go out and cut guys and not feel bad. Um, Because these are people that are enthusiastic about representing the institution. And and obviously, you don't want the cutthroat part of the NFL here. But at the same time, college football also is not a charity. Um, It's like in the real world, you have to produce and provide value in order to hang around. Um, So of that point, I I would expect that there would be some some attrition in the spring. And um, so you're going to have at least three spots. And um, it could be upwards of maybe seven or eight. So we'll see how that goes, but I just wanted to kind of touch on that a little bit and say, don't worry about just how few of the amount of slots you see there. There will they will be taking more than three guys, and we'll see how the rest of it kind of plays out. But um, anything you want to touch on, I guess, Matt, in terms of needs or where you want to see them kind of add some guys. I think DT's kind of taken care of. Maybe maybe some more depth at a lot of positions, but starting yeah. spots. Was there anyone that sticks out to you, Matt? Starting spots, not the time I had other than the interior offensive line right now. But right. I mean, that's just the lazy answer is uh, just, hey, trenches, trenches, trenches. Right. Like, it, it's a lazy answer because it's, you know, in more in most cases, the correct answer when it comes to college football. Right. But on top of that, you know, hey, maybe it wouldn't hurt to get an edge, perhaps, mm-hmm. or a linebacker. But hey, wait a minute. Hold up. Right. Two guys are still in the portal for Michigan State. Zion Young, Jacoby Winman. So... Yes, of course, you're going to go fishing for other guys who are not with the program. Right. But to kind of bring this full circle, do you think there's any shot they get the recommitment from either one of those guys? I'm hearing that with Jacoby Winman, it's more likely. But Zion Young, 
This is as mm. good of a guess as anyone else is from what I've heard, unless you have any other intel right. you have on your side. Yeah, I had heard that Zion was very likely about eight to ten days ago, and then I haven't heard much since. So that kind of that kind of silence for a while does lead you to think maybe it's just a toss up after all. Maybe yeah. things didn't necessarily get finalized back then. Um, but yeah, Jacoby, not like solid, solid intel that he's going to be back. It's more of a gut feel type of thing, especially with the okay. fact that he hasn't taken a barrage of visits all over the place. Yeah. Um, so that way, kind of reading the tea leaves, and in addition to what you heard, I would also kind of say that it's most likely that he's back. But at the end of the day, I would be surprised if at least one of them aren't back. Um, can't say that both will be back for sure, but I would say at least one of them would probably be back. It just feels like the Rossi system is like tailor-made for Jacoby Winman. Yeah. I mean, just the, the outside linebacker getting bumped up to stand up rusher, you know, on some right. passing situations. It's like, hey, I know a guy that plays really good at linebacker and also yeah. really good at defensive end as well. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Would, would be great if he came back. So, I don't know. It just seems no like doubt. that would be perfect. And Zion Yanni is just such a raw talent that it's – Yeah. That's going to work sure. in any system. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. He He's a guy that you would just like because he's a bigger kind of run-stopping defensive end yeah. that also has athleticism. He hasn't really put it all together, and he hasn't really gotten to the quarterback like I kind of thought he would be as able to do just off of an athletic mismatch. But he's so gotcha. young that you want him for those next two years and to keep developing him and – I think at the end of the day, like this upcoming season, uh, they wouldn't necessarily need to rely on him a ton because kind of Quindarius Dunnigan is is basically Zion Young but older. And um, then if Jacoby comes back on the other side, like those are your two starting defensive ends. And then Zion would just have to provide relief on a rotational basis um, yeah. or maybe start if, if Winman's not back. So I think he's someone you absolutely want in the playing group while also not needing him to be kind of your – your everything defensive end at the same time. So I think it'd be good for him and it'd be good for Michigan State. Start of the month, I got to say, at least from my point of view, a, a little nervous about how things would look at the end of the month. Right. You had a very low signing class. You had only eight kids in the class, maybe even seven. Yeah. There are kids leaving the transfer portal. Okay, you'll maybe get like a few of those back. But man, as, as we end the month now with many yeah. of those kids coming back, the ones with talent and then a pretty solid signing class, all things considered as well, like I, yeah, I don't, I don't think we're pumping up, you know, green and white propaganda right now and right. saying that things are looking pretty good considering all things. But I just I think things are looking pretty good as we go into the new year. here. They I mean, are. I agree. Confident. It's It's been quite the month. It's just what they've done to fill that recruiting class. And then also at the same time with the limited staff, like like yeah. fine combing like the portal and only getting high impact guys. And I think probably before the December window uh, ramps up or I guess I guess wraps up. They would probably add at least one more um, edge and receiver. Um, I okay. don't know if they would add two edges if Winman is back um, or I guess if Zion and kind of how they see how he differentiates from Winman and how they want to play with those spots. But, yeah, I think they're still going to have two more high-impact guys and uh, kind of enter the fold here, and then it's going to be looking even better. Uh, but, yeah, the work they've done here is is very good, and then we'll see what best availables and depth pieces they get after that as well And this this window and in the spring. Look at us just ending the year smiling. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that optimism is the gift this holiday season? That's what yeah. we're talking about, man. Justin, it's great, man. It's been absolutely amazing to have some positivity the last four or five weeks. And um, all of it, I think, very justified. And we'll see how it plays out on the field. But right now, I mean, there's not very many complaints. And I think um, it's, it's as sustainable and solid of a rebuild as as one could have hoped so far. And um, we'll see how it plays out. But 
with that, we appreciate you joining this week's episode of the SD Pharrell Show. It's great talking to Matt here as well. And make sure you check him out on Lockdown Spartans and check out all the work we're doing on, on our sites on 24-7 and Matt Spartans Illustrated. And uh, we will be back here after the new year. Happy New Year to all that have listened. And uh, make sure you subscribe. As I always say, make sure you like, make sure you comment, but especially make sure you subscribe. And uh, we will be back. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. Have a good one.